You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Locked On Seminoles. I'm your host, Max, and in just a moment, I will be joined by Drizzy Drake Rogers and Philly G. If you don't know Philly G, well, you will in a moment. He comes to us from the Notre Dame SB Nation outlet, one foot down. He's an expert on all things Notre Dame football and just a wonderful guest to have on the show. It's funny, when you start podcasting, you don't think, hey, I'm going to make friends doing this, but... You meet guys like Phil and you can't help but make a couple friends. This is our first Know Your Foe of our new podcast, Locked On Seminoles. We used to do this on Knowles Anonymous and, well, it was a lot of fun to do. It was very informative and we're really excited to keep this train rolling. Every week, we're going to bring on a guest that covers the school that we're going against that weekend so you can get an expert's view on what we should expect. Phil delivers. It's a phenomenal episode. I'm pumped to bring it to y'all. So without further ado, let's kick it over to me, Drake, and Philly G of One Foot Down. All right, Max, thanks for that wonderful introduction, as always. We're here with Philly G, and we're going to talk Notre Dame versus FSU, a game that Phil is going to have to get very creative to watch because he will be at a full Catholic mass Sunday night wedding. But Drake and I will be in Doak Campbell Stadium, so we're looking forward to it. And Phil, maybe you can give us a better picture of why we shouldn't be looking forward to it as much, but I don't know. We'll see where it goes. I know we want to start with depth chart. You know more about Notre Dame than I've ever known about anything in my life. So I'm going to lean back for a moment and just give us the rundown on the depth chart. Yeah. So not too many surprises, but I think the biggest thing, and you know, I'll start off with an area of concern. Um, you know, Notre Dame obviously has had historically good offensive lines over the past few years. And so, you know, they lost four starters to the NFL. Um, and so anytime that happens, it's, you know, rebuild and reload. And so Notre Dame's going to have some new faces for the first time in a couple of years. And so, you know, we're looking at a pretty interesting spread. So we're bringing back, um, you know, the number one center in the country in Jarrett Patterson. So that's pretty good. Um, we snagged, yeah, not bad. We snagged a, uh, you know, a preseason all American from Marshall in the transfer portal, Kane Madden, AKA the dump truck. Um, so again, we'll, we'll see how he, how he pans out. Um, again, I think he's going to be really solid. He's been getting tons of preseason all American accolades, but it's kind of, I want to see it at the power five level to, to fully believe it, but worst case scenario, he's going to be a really solid guard. Um, starting, uh, at left tackle, uh, true freshman, 330 pound Blake Fisher, who also hopped on a treadmill and ran 21 miles an hour. If that says anything is about his athleticism, but again, he might have some freshman moments. Um, and then, you know, you have uh, Zeke Carell starting at left guard, who's played a decent amount, uh, started against uh, North Carolina and Alabama last year and, and played pretty well, a little bit on the smaller side, and then a pretty beefy right tackle and Josh Lug. So a lot of, I'd say not too much inexperience, but this is just the first time that this group has been together. And so anytime you're replacing a full group with a new starting quarterback, it's, you know, you kind of got to see it to believe it. And so there can be all the hype in the world, but until that you see that group meshing together, it's, it's, it's an, it's an uncertainty, which has been a, not a staple for Notre Dame at the offensive line position for the last few years. How much confidence do you have in Blake Fisher at the left tackle spot? Because today, it's like a little bit of a viral clip going around with Jermaine Johnson basically saying, like, you know, hey, I got me and I got Kier Thomas and, you know, Jermaine Johnson's our 
kind of one of our prizes from the transfer portal that he was a starting, well, not starting, he was a reserve defensive end at University of Georgia. Do you have any confidence in Blake being able to be successful against him on opening night? They're definitely going to get him once or twice. Um, I don't think, I think he's going to have a little bit of nerves, but I think he's going to net out more positive than negative in this game. Um, just, it seems like he's a real confident, huge personality and extremely mature kid. And so, you know, anyone to come into a historic program like Notre Dame and start within the second week as an early enrollee in spring is just built a little differently. And he's not going to be undersized, but he is, I think, you know, maybe he has some freshman moments here or there, but that's, I think, a great first challenge. And, you know, the hope is that the environment's not too big for him. I think I'm more worried about kind of the, the bright lights and under that environment than I am about his actual skill as a left tackle when looking at a lot of the guys that he beat out to get where he is. And I think that's going to be a concern for everyone. I was watching an interview today with Robert Cooper, who's listed as an or starting defensive tackle for us. And he was talking about his first time in Doak when he went out there. He was so distracted by everything going on that he forgot what their base defense was like just for one play. But he's like, I, I spent, you know, he spent so much time looking around the noise. Um, our fraternity brother was describing it one time to us of just, you know, you can't hear your position coach talking right in your face. So I think everyone's going to struggle with that this time because none of these kids have played in front of a crowd and going on two years almost. It's wild. Wild. It, and, it's crazy yep. to think about. Like, and they can, Notre Dame has done stuff where they're like pumping in the tomahawk thing for 20 straight minutes while they're, you know, warming up and practicing and things like that. And that's all well and good. But, um, you know, I think, I think the one thing which is going to help them more than anything is, you know, they're, they're reloading at quarterback, but, you know, again, from the transfer, transfer portal, uh, got Jack Cohen out of Wisconsin. So they're, mm-hmm. you know, they're going into this game with a guy who has big game experience. And I, I'd be more worried about the offensive line and the cadences and that if this guy hadn't, you know, played and played at Penn state, if he hadn't played in the Rose bowl, if he hadn't played against Ohio state in the big 10 championship. So he's had those big moments with massive, huge, insane crowds. So yep. I think hopefully his calm demeanor, which he's, he's a pretty calm guy in general. Um, I think should hopefully provide confidence to both the offensive line and the skill positions around him that like, you know, the, the burden's going to be on his shoulder to keep everyone level head. And he's not a guy who's going to start freaking out. So, yeah. I, wor- I worry the least about the guys in the trenches, right? Because the minute you get hit, all that noise goes away, you know, and like a wide receiver you worry about, cause like how many plays is it going to take for him to get woken up an offensive tackle defensive in someone like, like they're going to bang play one, play two, play three. By the end of that first series, like noise is gone. They're good. They're awake. So I worry about snap counts, but from a mentality perspective, I'm sure they'll, uh, and if he doesn't, well, you guys will be trotting someone else out there and tackle really, really quickly. I mean, it also helps that also that Jack Cohen also has Michael Mayer, who probably a lot of people have as probably one of the best tight ends right now in the country. Like, and for us, like Max and I and David discussed at length that our weakest business group is our linebackers. So do you think that Michael Mayer is going to be heavily utilized in this game? Cause I'm like, I'm not a bit, I'm not super knowledgeable on your wideouts other than maybe Kevin Austin, Joe Wilkins. So can you tell us a little bit more about how Michael Mayer might be the focal point of your offense? Yeah, he definitely is going to be. So he should break the record this year. I think for, I think he should probably easily break the record for receptions in a season, as well as touchdowns in a season by a tight end. Um, so Tommy Reese started talking a couple of weeks ago um, and he said, this is, you know, Michael Mayer, not just has a chance, but should come out of this program the best tight end in Notre Dame history. Um, you know, he's a, wow. he's a, yeah. And that, and that's, that's Tommy Reese. Who's not a guy who speaks, speaks in hyperbole. So you're talking about, you know, Tyler Eifert, you're talking about Kyle Rudolph, you're talking, you know, all these guys who are, you know, top tight ends in the NFL, 
And, you know, Michael Mayer is, I think, kind of head and shoulders above them. I think he still has to have that level of production. But, I mean, as a freshman, he had 43 catches as a true tight end. I mean, that's pretty crazy. But, you know, you look at him and he's a legit five-star talent. And, you know, he's really freakishly athletic. And so I think they're going to absolutely try to take advantage and force Florida State to put someone over the top of him or just something. Because he's, if you don't account for him, he literally can just pick you apart. And so it's if you try to throw a, throw a corner on him, out muscle him, linebacker, no. And so it's it's going to be have to be schematically or having you know help or trading off um, to try to to try to stop him. But Notre Dame's absolutely going into this with we're going to feed Michael Mayer first and foremost. And once they try to if they take away him, then we're going to go to our other options. Sorry to cut in, folks, but you know I like to give you info on this podcast that'll help you watch football. And I also like to give you info that'll help you in life. So I'm going to take a moment to tell you about rockauto.com. If you're one of our new listeners, well, you're in for a treat. Rock Auto is the best place to get auto parts on the internet. Really, it's the best place to get them, period, because if you go to the auto parts store, they may not have what you need. You may get that judgmental look when you don't know exactly what part you need and you can't give them the right answer right away. It's a whole hassle. But if you go to rockauto.com, you navigate through their super friendly user experience, user interface, whatever they call it these days, car, make, model, year, all that basic info. You give them what you need the part for, like, you know, what section of the car, electrical, what's the problem, and they get it for you right away. It's a family-owned business. They have great prices. They're extremely reliable. Rockauto.com. That's horrifying. That's yeah. really horrifying. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I will say the one thing I'm, I'm the least afraid of are tight ends because for some reason, while this team's linebackers aren't great in free coverage against slot receivers, definitely not against wideouts. Historically last year, we were actually pretty good against marquee tight ends. You know, we got murdered by Miami, but Brevin Jordan had his worst game of the season against us. We were able to slow him down. And I'm interested to see that matchup because, because you look at, who we have on the outside and we've got Jamie Robinson or Kevin Knowles over at the stud position. I, they're definitely not big enough to cover him. Yeah. I don't Drake. Who do you, who do you think you put on him? If, if you're in this situation, I guess Dix maybe no Dix. I don't, I really don't trust Dix in coverage. I don't think he's quick enough and he's super like, I think maybe you might have to bring up someone from the safety spot, maybe a Brendan Gant Cause he can definitely do that. If he knows he's only locked down him. Cause as big as he is, I like as he is, he's still a really big guy. He's not super finesse worthy. So maybe go with a Brendan Gant who actually excels in coverage. And also, he might be the only person that can take him down because Brendan Gant is not afraid to hit somebody. Well, that's what I was going to say. You have to have someone that's big enough to cover it or big enough to tackle him once he catches it, but fast enough to cover him before yeah, he gets you, it. You might have only one dude that can do that right now. Yeah, and I guarantee, just a quick prediction within the first series, Michael Mayer is going to have a six and a half yard drag route that he catches and a trailing linebacker corner is going to try to tackle him. They're either going to slip off him or get a stiff arm right to the head. There was probably, I want to say probably like 12 to 15 times last year, including against Clemson where he just stiff armed somebody and turned the corner and turned a, you know, a seven, eight yard gain into a 25, 30 yard gain. And so I think kind of an equivalent for, you know, for any Notre Dame fans out there, the, the impact that Cole Komet had in his first game back against Georgia a few years back, where suddenly it was just like he came back from a um, from a broken collarbone, and it was just like holy shit, this guy is an absolute monster. I think that's going to be the type of impact and the type of hype that's coming out of Notre Dame's camp right now. 
of people almost telling us not to tamper our expectations. So, you know, he's someone where they have to figure out a game plan for. And if I'm, you know, if I'm Florida state, I'm taking away him and enforcing, you know, Jack Cohen to, to try to beat him, beat them elsewhere. And obviously, you know, you're going to have to deal with some running backs, but don't, don't let the easy guy beat you because most of the throws that he's getting are seams, crossers, stop routes and things like that. So they're not, you know, crazy complicated throws in which Jack Cohen should deliver on. Yeah. And I've got one more question about him and then I want to get to your wideouts because that's, that's an interesting topic to cover. We'll get to that in a moment. And it's okay if you don't know these comparisons off the top of your head, but for our fans listening, is this tight end more of a Nick O'Leary kind of big guy, short hands, short catches that he turns into big yards, or is he more of a Kyle Pitts, a true vertical receiving threat? Um, he's kind of in the in the middle. He's not. I mean, no one's Kyle Pitts in terms well, of right. that true vertical. In terms of that true vertical, but he's a. I think he's. I want to say he's like two fifty, and I'm, my guess is he runs in like the four high four fives, low four six range. So he's a guy who can have some serious speed. Um, and so, you know, I'll send you, I'll, I'll, I'll tweet out his uh, cross route versus Clemson and you can gauge his speed turn in the corner as well as, you know, multiple hurdles throughout the year. But he's a guy who's just, he's got a jawline that, you know, you could hit with a hammer and your hammer would crack. Oh, he's the most Midwestern looking guy I've ever seen. Oh, he's I mean, I'm looking at him right <laughs> now. He's I, a handsome I pulled guy. it up. Yeah, he's handsome, but like in that JJ Watt fashion of like, yeah, this guy definitely could work on a farm or be a model it's unclear which yeah or like be a model on a farm i think well, that's right yeah uh, like he is the poster <laughs> child for farmers catalog from 2012 right there <laughs> exactly hey folks sorry to interrupt one more time but i want to tell you all about betonline.ag if you're not using it yet for your gaming you should be go to betonline.ag they've got a ton of lines they've got props they've got futures they've got everything you could possibly need Go ahead and make your account because like we told you yesterday, this Saturday, we've got a special episode with our resident gambling expert, Danny D. I'm not much of a gambler myself, but if you are, you're going to like hanging out with him and listening to what he has to say. So go to betonline.ag, make your account, promo code locked on, get your welcome bonus and be ready to go for this weekend. So Phil, the receivers are also an interesting group, as I mentioned, because you lost both your leading receivers from last year. However, your two leading receivers last year were only your leading receivers because these two guys got injured who you now have back. Can you talk about the progress your receivers have made getting healthy, uh, what you guys are hearing out of camp and what you expect from them this year? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, Javon McKinley and Ben Skronik last year were the number one and number two receivers and were, you know, real solid receivers when it comes to wide receivers. But again, you know, Skronik was supposed to be kind of a, a possession guy and McKinley was supposed to be kind of that third or fourth option. And both guys, um, you know, are on NFL rosters right now. And so the guys that were supposed to start ahead of them, and I think the guys I talked about last year, Kevin Austin um, and Braden Lindsay. Um, and so I think Notre Dame has three really complimentary receivers. They kind of have the alpha in Kevin Austin, who's, you know, a 6'2", 215 guy with vertical speed. You know, people, again, I think quite the exaggeration have, um, you know, referred to him as DK Metcalf. He spoke freakishly strong, but again, I'm not going to make that comparison, but I think he's a guy who has very, very elite skills and is a, you know, has round two, round three type of type of skills. And so he's going to be a guy who's going to be kind of your all around receiver, a vertical threat can turn a 10 yard gain into a 60 yard touchdown. Um, but is a, you know, big body, strong hand type receiver who, was suspended his sophomore year, 
um, and then broke his foot last year in camp and then came back, broke his foot again. And so he's fully healthy and fully good to go. And so he, he, he even was quoted this week of saying like, Hey, I just, I pushed it too hard trying to get back last year, but he is fully full go full healthy and expect him to be, you know, their number one receiver and go-to guy. Uh, the other guy, Braden Lindsay is a legit low four, three, um, speed guy. So he was a, you know, one of the, one of the top, um, top, uh, sprinters in Oregon, um, coming out of high school. And he's a guy who as a sophomore, you know, I think he had like pretty low amount of touches, but had an absurd yard per yard per touch, whether it's a mm-hmm. reception out of the backfield, whether it's a, an end around or whether it's a go route, he's a legit burner. And again, last year he as fast guys do, he pulled his hamstring, you know, multiple times throughout the year, he dealt with COVID issues. And so he was really, and both those guys were non-factors. And then the third guy to bring up is a, I think a real solid slot guy. He's not going to blow you away. He's a, um, an Avery Davis. He's a, he's a captain of the team. He's a real solid receiver. He made that huge catch first Clemson last year. Um, kind of that deep long post and then a touchdown. To Phil, I don't want to cut you off, time. but you know, we got to, since y'all have uh well, I'm not going to toot your horn too much, but you got to clarify which Clemson game you're talking about because oh, the second we got the rematch. The second one didn't happen. Okay. I'm just curious. Yeah, you say Clemson. I'm like, well, which uh, yeah, which no, one? The, yeah, no, it was the it was the first game. So he was kind of the the hero of that first game. But he's a guy who's going to be a real solid possession guy, anywhere from like 30 to 40 receptions this year. Could rip out some big plays, but is going to be the more, if not Michael Mayer on third down, look for Avery Davis because he's good at finding the soft spots in the coverage and is just an extremely smart player. You came into Notre Dame as a quarterback from Texas, so he's he's got a lot of skills. What I'm most excited about, to be honest, in this matchup is the wide receiver versus our defensive back core, because I think our defensive back core backing core on paper should be really, really good, but it hasn't been proven yet. So let's kind of storyboard this out. You know, I think Notre Dame's key to victory is going to be keeping as many linebackers on the field as you can, right? If we're allowed to go into nickel, we're allowed to go into dime and you guys aren't forcing us to pull our DBs off the field. We may actually be able to cover these receivers. So can you tell me a little bit about, under Michael Mayer, what are the other guys at tight end look like from a blocking perspective in the run game? Like if y'all are going into 23 personnel, who's the other person on the other side that's going to make us bring out a big linebacker? Or do you think we could still stay in nickel? Um, I think, I think they're, they're going to go less two tight end sets than we've traditionally seen. Cause last year it was Tommy Tremble, who's a third round pick. who's just more of an H back. And then Michael Mayer is more the, you know, traditional tight end and, and is also kind of like a little split out tight end. And then, you look at it from the perspective of you have um, two guys in George Takis and Kevin Bauman. Um, I think we'll see a, a nice mix of the two um, who are both more traditional tight ends, but have that, you know, high four side four star athleticism. So, you know, you have guys who are kind of waiting in the reins who'd be starting power five tight ends just about anywhere in the country, but they just happen to be behind a five star. And so I think we're going to see less of two tight ends and more of two back sets um, because they're going to want to take advantage of, Chris Tyree and Kyron Williams. And, you know, when you look at it, you bring in, you know, I think a Notre Dame's fans dream scenario is having, you know, Chris Tyree, you have Kyron Williams, you have Michael Mayer, you have Braden Lindsay and you have Kevin Austin, any single one of those guys are a, a matchup nightmare. And it's yeah. just about how creative Tommy Reese can be um, in, in getting those guys, the ball in space. So I think it's going to be less of two tight end sets in normal down and distance even third down situations and more focusing on two back sets to try to create some mismatches by putting, you know, a wide receiver or putting a tight end in Michael Mayer or one of those running backs in the slot to get a mismatch. Interesting look for Notre Dame, less two tight end sets, because that's kind of been a hallmark for so long. 
Oh man, it's it's crazy how time flies when you're hanging out with good friends. Unfortunately, we got to wrap it up for today. But fortunately for all of us and you, the listener, we'll be right back with part two tomorrow. So make sure y'all go follow the podcast. That way tomorrow's episode pops to the top of your queue. Make sure to give us a five-star review. Tell us what you love about the program or anything else you want read as part of Five Star Fridays. And make sure y'all come right back tomorrow for part two of this interview. I'm Max. That was Drake. That was Philly G. And this was Locked on Seminoles.